happy Independence Day. Happy 4th of July. It is going to be a good deal. Good day here on Player Profiler. We are here to bring you everything fantasy football. And while all of our American analysts are taking the day off out celebrating, I have collected some of the best Canadian analysts in the business, starting with Jordan McDonald. Then we'll bring on the FF Mad Scientist, Aaron Stewart. And then we've got JD from the GOAT District, all on Player Profiler today. to the show jordan mcdonald at donald mcjordan on twitter jordan and i worked together for years over at important nonsense he is an analyst over at tsn jordan how's it going good i think uh analyst is a little a uh, little strong uh but i appreciate that uh yeah it's good to be talking football with you again yeah, it has been far too long. Happy to have you on the show. And so just want you to plug the pluggables before we get going. What are you working on over at Important Nonsense? And where else can everyone find you? You know, I uh, I don't really do too much uh, content for them. I do a lot of behind the scenes, um, a lot of editing and stuff like that. Uh, more so in the season than the summer. But, uh, you know, check us out at ImportantNonsense.com. Jack, alumni there, he can tell you how talented the writers are uh check out our youtube where we have a lot of video content and you know once uh uh once the summer months get going uh training camp starts we'll have a lot more content to get to show you guys um so check us out check them out over at importantnonsense.com and did you check out joey chestnut today he won his 16th mustard belt his Eighth straight mustard belt. That is more than double the amount of Tom Brady Super Bowl wins. And he even beat him in just consecutive mustard belts. So did you watch? And who is the Joey Chestnut of the NFL? I didn't watch. I I was going to, and then it got delayed, and then it got canceled. And I was at work, and it started around 2, and that's when I finished. So uh i was driving home when i guess the 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 glizzy gobbling was uh going on uh but i mean it was no surprise that joey chess was gonna win the goat some argue that he's like the all-time goat like like transcending all sports i don't know about that but he certainly for hot dog eating is as for the joey chess and equivalent in the nfl like i mean you could use tom brady just because of the wins um but if I'm going to pick a player now, I'd say maybe Derrick Henry. Just, you know, you think of, like, what Derrick Henry does, like, running through all these people. Just, like, the best at what he does. Uh, like, the strongest. Maybe the fastest. Maybe not as much anymore than he's getting older. But I, I just thought that was a good equivalent. Like, Derrick Henry um, is the Joey Chestnut. Just, like, powering his way. Just, like, Joey Chestnut powers through those dogs. That's a really good one. I heard a similar one. Jamal Williams for the exact same reasons Mm. is you put, you line him up there and he's just going to power through. He's going to get it done. Have heard Tom Brady, have heard Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, because he's the goat Patrick Mahomes, because he is now changing the game currently Mm -hmm. also had a lot of comparisons to Kirk cousins and Jeff Garcia. I think that was more the body type. You could throw Mac Jones in there as well, (laughs) but we've got the age old question, right? Who? If Joey Chestnut had to race an NFL player after eating a hot dog, is there any player that could beat him? Oh, I don't know. Um, 
In terms of like eating a hot dog or just like a foot and race? Eating a hot dog and then immediately after running uh, 100 meters. I mean, I think a lot of them could, uh, depending on. That's a quick, you got to eat a hot dog quick though. I mean, some of them are so quick, like, you know, scarf down a hot dog and run a hundred mi- hundred meters quick. Um, Tyreek Hill comes to mind. That's the first person I think of. That guy's fast. That guy, not only is he fast, he's like, I know I'm faster than you. I'm going to tell you I'm faster than you fast. And he'd probably so, get in Joey's head too, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. And you probably would like challenge him to an actual like hot doggy contest. And then he would, uh, probably eat his words literally. Um, <laughs> But that one comes to mind just because I know he loves to run and he loves to like run his mouth while running and all that sort of stuff while putting up a peace sign. And if you want, we we don't have analysis like this. We do not have (laughs) NFL players, fantasy players compared to Joey Chestnut in the draft guide. But if you want to check out the draft guide, we've got it here. Podfather, take it away. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists there are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine we have projections both at the team level and the player level and wherever you are you can click on a player open them up and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year and then you can click on the team and you get even more in-depth analysis all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but... uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. It truly is the best draft kit that you can find. So many great analysts, including Jason Allwine, who is popping in the chat just to say, go USA, USA, <laughs> USA, USA. And yes, we're here to celebrate how great the US is, but. You deserve the day off. I mean, we can't expect you to work every single day of the year, so we are stepping in because we got our holiday on Saturday. Did you get up to anything fun on Saturday, Jordan? Did you watch any fireworks or anything cool like that? No, I actually worked, but I had the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off beforehand, and I did a few things. Went to the Jays, Blue Jays, that is, uh, for all those American viewers. Uh, Yeah, I see you wearing the shirt. Um, And then, so, my girlfriend's birthday was on Thursday. Uh, we celebrated that, and then Friday we uh, we met up with a couple friends and had some some drinks. So I kind of had my candidate celebrations, but I didn't do anything. I didn't go to cottage. I didn't light any fireworks or do anything like that. But I still enjoyed my time, and then um, it was back to the work grind on the weekend because my schedule is all over the place. I don't have a normal normal nine to five. I know you know what that's like. 
I think everyone in the fantasy football industry knows what that is like, or just the sports industry in general. We all are working all odd hours. We've got part-time work. We've got full-time jobs, all sorts of stuff. Sorry you didn't get to see the fireworks on Saturday night. I know you're a little bit far from the border. I'm, I might be able to see the fireworks tonight, but uh, either way, who is going to light off fireworks in the NFL this year? Who is going to be the offense that scores the most points and brings us, of course, the most fantasy points? You know, I was thinking about this, and I want to say the Eagles again because, you know, I know that they lost Shane Steichen. And he was their offensive guru, and he was the one that unlocked Jalen Hurts. But they didn't lose a lot on that offense. They still have the A.J. Brown. They still have Jalen Hurts. I mean, they lost Miles Sanders. But, I mean, like, I, I, I don't know if you're a Miles Sanders truther or not, but I don't really think that was a big, uh, a big loss for them because, you know, running backs are plug and play, especially an offense like that uh, where a lot of, like, a, a lot of, you know, they're going to be looking for Jalen Hurts to be running, so it gives a lot of opportunities for other backs. And then they have A.J. Brown still. They have Devonta Smith. Uh, they have Dallas Goddard. Like, some pieces that, you know, can score. Uh, and that offensive line is a juggernaut. So, uh, yeah, I want to say them. I know it's kind of a cop-out. I mean, you can say the Chiefs, too. I mean, with Patrick Mahomes, like, that's with him and Travis Kelsey. It's easy 30 points a game, you would think. Um, so those teams, I think, are the safe bets to, to, to say they will score the most points next season. And I love that with the Eagles, especially because you didn't even mention the defense. The defense Mm. of the Philadelphia Eagles objectively got worse. They lost both their middle linebackers. They lost both their safeties. They kept their three corners, so that's good. But they lost their defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave. They took hits at every position on defense. It's going to be worse, and that is a good thing for scoring points. So people worry about Jalen Hurts. You know, did he reach his ceiling last year? I don't think so, because there were a lot of games where they just took the foot completely off the pedal while they were blowing teams out. I really think that the Philadelphia Eagles can not only replicate the success they had last year, but full on beat it. Mm -hmm. Certainly, for sure. And you make a good point, the defense, like if they're getting scored on a lot easier, you know, that, that prompts the offense to maybe score a little bit more, maybe a lot more shootouts. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that's a, that's a, a good point to make any dark horses or are we just going with the chalk of the Kansas city chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles? Ooh. I think that the Browns, you know, now Ooh. we got a full season with Deshaun Watson. Uh, they added uh, Elijah Moore. Uh, I think that, it, you know, that run game is, is elite as well. Uh, I think that they, they could be a team that a lot of people may not be looking at. Um, that's one. Uh, others, you know, you'll never know. They'll be, they'll be a team that comes out of nowhere and shocks people. Um, maybe, maybe the Falcons, I think that I'm not saying like top 10, but I think like Bijan Robinson, you know, if he is what everyone's uh, making him out to be, um, I think that they could make some noise. I don't, I'm not like sold on the team in general. Like I'm not saying that they're going to like, um, make waves in the NFC, but I mean, they could win the division. That's a possibility. They can definitely uh, put off some fireworks in that NFC South. Bijan Robinson, I, I think that was a good comparison because he's kind of the definition of a firework, except for the fact that fireworks disappear after they shine. Bijan Robinson, he's not disappearing anytime soon. No, definitely not. He is just so, so elite. And I'm not going to make this one this easy because Bijan Robinson is obviously going to break out. He's broken out before having taken a snap on the NFL field in terms of. <laughs> 
mindset. But who is the player that is going to be a firework like Katy Perry this year and just rise to the top and break out in 2023? Oh, here's one. I, I don't know if you're going to say this is kind of what you're asking for, but I'm really, really excited for Jerome Ford. This is like a deep, deep dive. And I think, you know, you see that yeah, like Cleveland, like I said, loves running the ball. Um, they never replaced Kareem Hunt and they never even placed Dernish Johnson. And they did their depth behind Chubb and him is very thin. Um, and they love, you know, using a change of pace back every so often. And I think that offense is, like I said, full year of Deshaun Watson, full training camp, no distractions, at least none that, you know, have come up recently. I think that this offense is going to be chugging along. I've picked up Jerome Ford in every dynasty league I have. I've stashed him for a year, and I've hoped that you know no one was going to come in or they were going to re-sign Cream Hunt. Um, I think he's going to take a lot of people by surprise. That was my my big one. Um, I mean, and this one's kind of an obvious one, but I think Garrett Wilson. Um, like that's that's no shock to anybody, but I think Garrett Wilson's going to ascend. I think he's going to have that sophomore, not I thought sophomore jump instead of sophomore slump. Um, that's another one I think is going to, uh, set the NFL on fire. Uh, I like it. Cause you got us both ends of the spectrum. You got the elite of the elite. You're saying Garrett Wilson will step into that elite receiver role. And it is fully believable. The work he did at Ohio state, the work he did as a rookie, the upgrade in quarterback, it is just all coming together that he is going to become one of those elite guys. If not this year, next year in the very short order. If he hasn't already become one of those guys and Jerome Ford, I like even better. He is a favorite of pretty much every analyst at player profiler. And even Theo the other day, he loves Nick Chubb. We all love Nick Chubb. Mm -hmm. There is no Kareem hunt. He's talking about getting more work in the receiving game, but he's starting to get drafted as the RB four in some places. We've never seen him finish above RB six. We've never seen him catch more than 40 passes. He's never come really close to that mark so even if it's not the full 35 percent of the role that kareem hunt would take year after year after year jerome ford's gonna see at least 20 he's gonna flirt with 30 he is going to see all those snaps because behind him is john kelly Demetric felton these guys they're gonna have to sign someone but even when they sign someone i don't think it's gonna matter that much i don't think it's gonna hurt jerome ford they're looking for a dearness johnson replacement right mm -hmm. yeah exactly love it absolutely love it and the cleveland browns there we've talked about them plenty to just take a leap forward this year it's clear that they want to pass more even with the vikings kevin stefanski he passed more than mike zimmer would like he hasn't really been able to pass a whole lot these past couple of years because of the personnel. First, it was Baker Mayfield. Then it was Jacoby Brissett, who played great, mind you, but you still had to limit the offense. And then, of course, you had to limit the offense for Deshaun Watson coming back. This year, they open it up. They have Elijah Moore. They get Cedric Tillman out there to replace Donovan Peoples-Jones in 2024. David and Joku signed long-term. So I like it. The AFC North is going to be an absolute bloodbath. It is going to be a war. And there's some talk. There's a little bit of talk. It's kind of faded, but there's talk that DeAndre Hopkins could even end up with the Cleveland Browns. They're lower Ooh. down on the list. They're not up there with the Titans and the Patriots, but we do know the Browns are at least chatting 
with DeAndre Hopkins. So that would probably prove you even more right. Do you see DeAndre Hopkins or Dalvin Cook signing tonight, though? Because we need something. We need some sort of NFL news to break today. I don't know if it would happen on July the 4th or the 4th of July. Sorry, my Canadian is showing. Uh, I, I don't think it'd be tonight of all nights, but you would hope so soon. Like, you know, these teams are starting to gear up for training camp. You want him, either of them in, if you plan to bring them in. Uh, I don't know if you have predictions. I, I feel like the Dalvin Cook to Miami is so much smoke that they've been lighting off fireworks, maybe. <laughs> um, and then the DeAndre Hopkins one is is a mystery. I, I, I've seen the Patriots, and I don't understand. Like, it, it's a fit, but look who their OC is. Their new offense coordinator was Bill O'Brien, and we heard about this whole drama with how he got traded, and he had issues with them. Mind you, they were interesting reasons to get rid of somebody, but uh, maybe they'll mend fences because, yeah, they do need someone like that. They need someone to take the top off and need someone to help Mac Jones. Uh, I, I think that uh, um, Mac Jones will play a lot better considering he won't have a defensive coordinator calling plays. Um, I want to do, do want to say one thing. I am interested, and maybe this is just me, um, just because I like him. Uh, Mike Kosicki for the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Uh, what his role is going to be, because I've heard a couple things that he's apparently going to be a hybrid wide receiver, which he essentially is anyways, because he can't block. But um, yeah, so, and if they get DeAndre Hopkins, I think that offense could contend for another division that's going to be a bloodbath, the AFC East. He's got a lot of the physical dimensions Mike Gusecki does as Devontae Parker. They can kind of play that same role. Devontae Parker just got paid, but it sounds as though it's kind of a farce of a contract. It's heavily incentive laden. He's never going to see the 33 million that was reported, but I kind of like Mike Gusecki this year as well. It does sound like Bill O'Brien and Deandre Hopkins have mended those fences fences. They are at least able to work together. As long as Bill O'Brien's not in full control. I think that is, he seems like one of those guys that power trips when he gets too much control mm-hmm. under Bell. He'll be under Saban. He was able to rein it in a little bit. I think he and Hopkins can work well together for fantasy football. That's probably my favorite situation though, because if he goes to the Titans that hurts Traylon Burks and Chigakonkwo, and I don't want that. If he goes to the Browns that hurts Amari Cooper and David Njoku, and I don't want that. And if he goes to, I can't remember the, Oh, the Carolina Panthers. I wouldn't mind him with the Carolina Panthers actually, but then he's playing with a rookie. So it kind of hurts him. And then I don't care about the rest of the players that it hurts, but it hurts DeAndre Hopkins a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, maybe that works out for Bryce Young. You know, the, he's going into a situation where you have your top two receivers, arguably, are both new as well. They're both learning a new system. Um, you have LaVisca Chenault, who I've heard Frank Reich say that, oh, we're going to turn Medivo Samuel, which I think I feel like I've heard every year since he's been drafted. And then Jonathan Mingo, who was, I guess, consensus was overdrafted. Um, so does he fit? Does he become Bryce Young's top option? And they got Hayden Hurst too, like another new face. So that that's interesting. That can go either really well or <laughs> or it will not go well for Bryce Young's first year in the in the league. So we'll see what happens there. And DeAndre Hopkins adding that in, I think that kind of makes things a little bit more murky. It it would, but it would it would help the team, but I wouldn't like it for fantasy. Dalvin Cook, though, I want to circle back to that. Mm -hmm. I agree with you that it's smoke only because we know the Dolphins did offer him a contract. That is an absolute fact, but he didn't accept it, meaning Mm -hmm. it wasn't enough for him to be interested in. So the Dolphins are interested. 
just not as interested in Dalvin Cook as he wants them to be. And so that's why it hasn't happened. If the Dolphins were as interested in Dalvin Cook as he wants them to be, he would have signed. He hasn't. And that tells me he's probably going to wait until there's some sort of injury in training camp. And then some team panics and offers him. No team's offering him 10 million, are they? I, I can't see it. Uh, unless they're really desperate. You're right. Like, unless, you know, I don't want to mention a name because I don't want to have to knock on wood. I don't want to jinx anything. But there are some teams out there who, you know, have one running back, not a lot of depth behind them. Um, and, you know, injuries happen in training camp to significant players. So you're right. Maybe he's, wait, he's waiting in the woods and just, just biding his time. Waiting in the woods. Maybe he's hiding up in Canada. We know he's not, actually. We know he's probably somewhere much warmer. Actually, it's pretty warm here today. Uh, well, it's warmer than Minnesota. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I am I am quite a bit south of Minnesota. But anyways, talking about Canada, just wanted to ask you, who is your favorite Canadian player in the NFL? We do have to highlight Canada just yeah. a little bit, even though it's July 4th, because it's all Canadians today. You know, a lot of the Canadians are young in the NFL. A lot of young Canadians, and a lot of them are starting to, like, you know, butt as, as superstars. Like, I would say Javon Holland, yes. just because he's probably the best Canadian in the league right now. But I really want to see how John Mechie does this year. You know, he had a really tough year, you know, with the cancer diagnosis, cleared going to play for for Houston, who I dislike as a franchise. Um, but you know, I love John Mechie. I loved him coming out of, uh, out of college and I want to see how he, how he does. Like he, like he was highly touted, um, and he'll be playing with CJ Stroud and another young quarterback, another guy to develop with. Uh, so that's the one I'm interested in, but I would say my favorite right now is Javon Holland. I think Javon Holland is the correct answer right now. He looks like he's going to be an all pro for the Miami Dolphins. He is just such a stud. And then, yeah, I think John Mechie is going to win a lot of hearts this year if he hasn't already did so at the University of Alabama, too. Find it interesting that you didn't say Chase Claypool. And I don't <laughs> expect either of our other analysts that will be coming on the show later tonight to say Chase Claypool either because he's, he's kind of tough to support. Yeah, there's some damning reports in uh, coming out of Chicago that I mean, it might not be true, but I mean, like, there's also a little bit of. Uh... A little bit of stuff going on in Pittsburgh, too, and I don't I know. I find it interesting that the report comes out that Chase Claypool, that, that he's fallen out of favor with the Chicago Bears. Then, a little bit after that, we see, oh, he's modeling in Paris, France. He must not be taking it seriously. He must not be trading hard enough. Then we come to find out the reason he's in Europe to begin with is he was working at a football camp that the Chicago Bears were sponsoring, but the Bears didn't post about it at all, at all on social media, so... The fact that they're not advertising one of their guys out in the community doing a good thing, that's a bit of a red flag. Yeah, and it's they paid a lot to get him. Uh, I mean, we'll always compare it. If Joey Porter Jr., you know, becomes an all-pro with uh, the Steelers, then we'll always come back to that and be like, what if? Whoa, what if? And they, <laughs> well, they did get Tyreek Stevenson in the third round, but at the same time... They could have drafted Joey Porter Jr. instead, had an upgrade, drafted a different position in the third round. There were still wide receivers on the board at that point, a bunch of playmakers. I don't know. I still, I think it was a bad trade. No matter how you slice it, I think it's going to end up as a bad trade. Brilliant move by the Pittsburgh Steelers who are just 
one of the best, if not the best franchise in the NFL. Another franchise that is up there to be the best franchise in the NFL is the Philadelphia Eagles. And funny enough, we'll end this conversation here where Independence Day began, which is in Philadelphia. Are the Eagles returning to the Super Bowl? And if not, who will replace them? So I don't think they'll make it to the Super Bowl. I think they'll make it to the NFC Championship. But I think that they will lose in a rematch to the San Francisco 49ers, who probably, this is going to be a hot take, and I really don't believe this, but it would be great if this happens, led by Sam Darnold. Wow. That... I can see the 49ers. <laughs> Darnold very well could start the year because uh, Brock Purdy, they clearly want Brock Purdy to start the year, but mm. he might not be ready for it. I don't think Trey Lance is starting week one, no matter what. So there's a world where Sam Darnold never loses the job. And wouldn't that be just great for Kyle Shanahan's ego to say, you couldn't make him work. You couldn't make him work. You couldn't make him work, but I did. I made it to a Super Bowl with Sam Darnold. So if that's the case, 49ers going to the Super Bowl for the NFC. Who's the AFC team that they will be facing? I don't want to say the Chiefs, even <laughs> though they they are obviously the favorites. Of course, they're the fa- um, they're going to be the favorite every year until Patrick Mahomes retires. There's two other teams. There's the Bengals with Burrow, and I think that they're they're going to be in contention as long as Burrow plays there. Um, and the Buffalo Bills. And I'm going to go Buffalo Bills uh, for two reasons. One, um, you know, living near Toronto, Buffalo has got a special place in my heart. Not my team, but um, they always have a special place in my heart because, you know, like they, they love, they, they give love to Canada, um, you know, and, and they've kind of adopted like the southern part of Ontario as their own. Um, and plus, so my parents, my mom's a Bills fan. My father is a 49ers fan. And that's actually the Boomer Bowl, if you know Chris Berman. <laughs> Every year would always predict that the Bills and the 49ers would play each other in the early 90s when both teams were, were really good. Um, and I just think that would be cool. Be, it, it would be an entertaining Super Bowl. The Boomer Bowl, 49ers, Bills. The most interesting thing about that, I did some research. I've got a tweet coming out on the Player Profiler account within the next couple of days. I forget when I scheduled it for. Tweet deck is a problem now. Not going to get into that now. <laughs> but. Josh Allen, before the torn UCL, before he partially tore his UCL, he was averaging 28 fantasy points per game. He was the QB1 by almost three fantasy points, almost 2.9 fantasy points more than Jalen Hurts per game. And he gets hurt. He's the QB5 after that, averaging 21 fantasy points per game. I think Josh Allen, fully healthy, is going to scare a lot of people. He's going to surprise a lot of people. Josh Allen, if I wasn't confident already taking Joe Burrow to win MVP, I think Josh Allen might be number two, maybe three behind Hertz, mm-hmm. but he's up there. Anyways, Jordan, thank you so, so much for coming on the show here tonight. It has been fantastic getting to chat with you being far too long. What want you to plug those pluggables once again, tell, tell the people where they can find you all the cool work that you're doing. Yeah. Come check us out on important, important uh, Check out our YouTube. We got videos coming out. And uh, yeah, we'll be churning out a lot more content once August comes around, spring or uh, training camp, and in September when the season officially starts. Uh, we have a lot of good writers over there, and Jack can attest to that. Uh, yeah, yeah, just check us out. Uh, and I will say one thing about Josh Allen: uh, the only thing going for him now is that he's on the cover of Madden. Uh, <laughs> 
that oh, usually doesn't no. end up well. So no, uh, that take, he's take got that more going team. than that. He didn't get an upgraded offensive line. Well, really. I just, I, you know me, I'm an anti anti Madden guy. I mean, I could be on here for three hours about how much I hate Madden, but uh, I'll spare it. Well, he that also kind of is the only thing going. Other than the new relationship, congrats on that. But he didn't get an upgraded offensive line. He didn't get an upgrade at the skill position. You might be right that Josh Allen and the new relationship, Madden and the new relationship are the two things in his quarter. Jordan, thank you so much once again for coming on the show. We will be right back after this word from the Podfather. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. And one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible. If you can't do All In, that's okay. We have a draft kit. We can just subscribe to the player rankings. Those now include tight end premium FFPC ranks. Our brand new data analysis package. We'll blow your hair back. And of course, there's our Dynasty Deluxe and our DFS Dominator. Take a moment, check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature players championship has a $6 million prize pool, and their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues. All types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC. And remember, use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. There he is welcome to the show it is at ff mad scientist on twitter it is the one the only aaron st dennis thank you so much for joining me here tonight what projects do you have on the go right now and any other pluggables to plug hey jack thanks for having me man i don't even know what i've got on the go right now you got me between the end of work shift one and the beginning <laughs> of ot shift so you're basically getting me here on my half hour lunch break before i get gotta get out of here so i had to take take my work uniform on and get that off um i don't know i think i'm actually it's a calm week right now i've got the podcast going but i have no active drafts going until about friday i have no articles going i have almost peace and quiet for this week that is you. that's rare in your life, isn't it? Yeah, I well, I, I film most of my show. It, it it's been uh yesterday. I wrapped up most of it. I don't have another one till the weekend, so I have an odd amount of peace and quiet this week, aside from my chaotic real workout. <laughs> well, I'm happy you get some time. You get some peace. Thank you for taking time to come on the yeah. show. As you were working, I don't know if you saw Joey Chestnut 
had his 16th mustard belt championship that he won after a rain delay eight straight mustard belt championships that he has won at the nathan's hot dog eating contest that is more than double what tom brady won which is seven super bowls and even just on this run here eight straight that beats tom brady too so who is the joey chestnut of fantasy football well, to answer the first question, no, I did not see it. I came straight from work, thought I was going to be joining you live from my car. The question I have for you is, how do you have a rain delay in a hot dog eating contest? I missed that part. I, that's what I'm curious about. I, I expected Joey to win, but how do you get a rain delay? How, how did that happen? It's, I have no idea. I don't understand how they had no backup plan to move inside. I understand you can't put it on like if there's lightning and stuff you can't have it under a tent that's dangerous but you didn't have a backup plan there wasn't Uh-oh. a rec center next door that you could have gone inside to no so I, I i wasn't sure this was a little bit of an ambiguous question i was <laughs> driving was around point. at work trying to think about it so I, I went three ways with it the obvious comparison is my favorite rookie sleeper from last year julius chestnut is the most obvious Ooh. chestnut so uh i figured that wasn't really the answer you were looking for that's so, a perfect uh, answer first well, of all but continue whether we're gonna go the joey chestnut volume route and just be a volume monster i think this year that could be Traylon burks who will just joey chestnut his way to massive volume with nobody else there um and, and then my final answer is a three-parter where um i've just accepted there's three players that I am taking in any dynasty or uh, redraft league that I don't care how, how old they are. They are the Joey chestnuts and they will die on my roster. Those three at the three different positions are CMC Kelsey and cup. So I've gone three different ways here. Take it for what it's worth. Have at her. I, I think those are all perfect answers. We get another reference to the Tennessee Titans trail on Burks. I, I am so hoping they don't sign Deandre Hopkins. Cause if they don't, Traylon Burks is going to get what 130, 140, 150 targets. Could he flirt with? Yeah, maybe a bit much, maybe a bit I, much. <laughs> I don't know. I just, it's going to be tough. Cause I don't, I think he'll easily double anyone in targets on the team. I just yeah. think it's going to be a pretty low pass volume offense. We're going to see that's going to depend on how much Derrick Henry has left in his uh, body there. So Happy 4th of July. I seen that. It just dawned on me as I seen your first guest there, who was also Canadian, that you have an all-Canadian show on 4th of July where none of us have to celebrate. Absolutely. That that was the brainchild of one Theo Greminger, as you know. The man is brilliant. And so he had the idea, hey, all of our American analysts, they're going to be taking the day off. They're going to be working. Except shout out Jason Allwine. He did not take the day off. He still ran wake and take the day. But aside from that, I mean, all the Americans are on holiday, so why not showcase some of the best and brightest Canadian talent that we have around, including yourself? You do so much work over at Player Profiler, all the articles, and you've got your own podcast, pretty incredible as well. Speaking of Canada, though, who is your favorite Canadian NFL player? I'm not going to lie. I had to look this up. This is not <laughs> hockey. I didn't know there were still Canadians in the NFL. Um, the only, the first one that I thought of no longer even plays in the NFL. It was Luke Wilson, the Seahawks mm. tight end, who was from my hometown. And that's the only reason I knew of him. I did. I Googled a few more that I don't mind, but the first one besides Luke that came to mind was the one your previous guest mentioned. And I, he's not my favorite. I cannot stand Chase Claypool, yeah. but I knew he was Canadian. The other ones, um, actually I did not know until you mentioned it that John Mechie was Canadian. 
Um, so he would easily be my favorite. The next two would be Chuba Hubbard or Josh Palmer. Didn't know any of them were Canadian. So I had to do a little Google research there because I just assumed we were all off playing hockey and the NFL didn't want us. So. Well, th- that's the thing is pretty most, not all, but most of the guys that are Canadians, they end up either if they don't go to American high school, they'll end up going to an American college instead. My favorite is Javon Holland, the safety for the Miami Dolphins. I think he's got an all pro potential, but of course he doesn't score as as many fantasy points unless you're in these IDP leagues. But Javon Holland, my favorite Chuba Hubbard. I do like, I wish him success. He's just going to be a committee back for his entire career. Well, (laughs) like I said, the bar started with Chase Claypool. So when that's your bar, it's not hard to clear it as my favorite. I don't think Chuba, Dwayne Gretzky, thanks, Harry. <laughs> I don't think Chuba is anything special, but John Mechie is my guy here. I love him. I had him last year in a few leagues. Unfortunately, I had way too many draft picks and had to drop him. And I kind of wish I had held on, just didn't have enough. Uh, you know, that offseason, they they act, or deactivate the IR slots. So yep. he was taking up too much room on my bench and I needed to make some room for picks. But it would be John Mechie for me. It can be an absolute crusher sometimes, the guys you have to drop because they get rid of those IR slots in some leagues. But back to the celebrations and the excitement of the 4th of July. Hopefully you got to enjoy some fireworks on Canada Day as well. Yep. Who is the offense that is going to put up fireworks and score the most points this year? The most points or the most surprising? They had two different answers. I I want both. The, and this is also, I'm going to skip, uh, this is going to be kind of a uh, prelude to what my answer to your final question is going to be. The most prolific offense, I think, will be the Cincinnati Bengals. They are just loaded. I think they're going to give one last run here with Joe Mixon, who is a surprising value right now. I think a lot of people are going to get to you know the first week of the preseason and look and say, there's nobody else in this backfield. Why is Joe Mixon going so low? Um, and who I think will be meeting them in the Super Bowl to spoil my fun later, the up-and-coming offense of the hometown Detroit Lions. Yes. I love him. Goff's going to throw it all over the field. Once Jameson's done with his tour to the sports book, we, uh, he, he'll be back on the field lighting it up, and I love the both offenses. Love it. Absolutely love it. The Bengals, the Lions. I actually got to go see the Bengals play the the Lions play the Bengals in Cincinnati on Christmas Eve a couple years ago. It was nice. One of the coolest experiences ever. Drove home on Christmas Eve in a snowstorm across the border. Could could have made better decisions, but it was absolutely worth it. And if those are going to be the most exciting, most prolific offenses, are any of the players from those teams the player that's going to be a firework like Katy Perry and just rise to the top here and break out? I think we've well, the Bengals are already risen to the top. You're not yeah. going to get any value. Everyone's already that. broken out too, yeah. right? Except Joe Mixon is too low of value, but he's broken out. I would say the breakout for me, it's going to be the easy pick. It's going to be well, I guess there's two, but the easy one's going to be Jameer Gibbs. I think he's just, especially the first. Uh, is it six games for Jamison or eight? Six, right? Suspension? Uh, six six game? games? Six yeah. games. The first six games, he may be second on the team in targets behind Amon Ross St. Brown. And I think he could be, he could finish the first six weeks of the season as a top five running back. He's just, it's going to be insane volume. Um, besides him, uh, my, my third favorite wouldn't be Jamison Williams. It is actually Sam Laporta. Loved him. He was my tight end too for the rookie class. 
I thought I was going to have a ton of him because I love that landing spot or that landing spot. He went a little higher in rookie drafts than I liked. I don't normally take uh, tight ends in the first round, but I just think where he's going later in drafts, I like to have pieces of this pieces of this offense. I don't want to hold on to Jamison, who's going to miss significant time. St. Brown's, you know, got to be using a high, high pick on him. So give me some Gibbs and, you know, if he's going into the third round, I might not have him that much, but give me all the Laporta I can get. I think he's, uh, he's going to outproduce uh, Dalton Kincaid. So. Absolutely. That's the thing that drives me wild about these rookie tight ends is so far we have one starter and that's Luke Musgrave for the Green Bay Packers. I truly believe that Sam Laporte is going to be the second starter week one. But outside of that, you're not going to see the Buffalo Bills start Dalton Kincaid week one. That's just not going to happen. It's Dawson Knox. I would say Michael Mayer. What are your thoughts there? Think he starts? He is going to start early in the season. I will not be shocked at all if he starts week one. However, Austin Hooper is one of those guys that can be a roadblock for at least the first month or two. So, He's going to be the third one to earn the starting role. It'll be sometime between week one and before Halloween at the very latest. Yeah, I I don't disagree. I just, like I said, he's my tight end one overall. I don't necessarily think he's the greatest of fantasy tight ends, but I think he's going to see the most, the the longest leash on the field because I think he's the most well-rounded NFL tight end. So he may not be the most exciting, but I see him long-term settling in as kind of a mid to low end tight end one. He's going to have a 99% snap share for his entire career after he earns the starting job. After that, he is going to play every snap of every game because that is the kind of tight end that he is. Make sure you smash that like button as the Harry Snowman has pointed out. Smash the like button for Michael Mayer. Has a really good matchup schedule. Maybe the rookie that performs for fantasy football. You know it's not going to be Dalton Kincaid, though. Correct? Well, he does have a really good matchup schedule. You know what? He doesn't have a good team with him or a good quarterback. So I also, I think I've said this before on the round table. I am not a big believer in looking at the schedule this early. How many, like the conversation we were having was with Derek Henry, not to get sidetracked here, but everyone's saying how great his playoff schedule is. You know, the chances of Derek Henry being traded mid season this year are probably pretty good. So what difference does his playoff schedule mean to me right now? If he's not on the team. So that and that's the f- a fun conversation come fun debate we hear it all the time once uh, it's, it's the people who wait until the schedule comes out before they start spending real money because they want to know who has those juicy matchups that they can stack in week 17 week 16 week 15 but there's the other people who say that doesn't matter that much why are you overdrafting it's not relevant to Jamar Chase and T Higgins, but why are you overdrafting players just because of the fact that they play the Kansas City Chiefs in week 17? My leagues, you know, week 15 playoffs start, same my trade deadlines week 13, right before the trade deadline, that's when I start looking to plan. Assuming I've secured a decent playoff spot, that's when I learned to look to start making a move saying, you know, maybe I trade down a step here at receiver or running back, but for a much better playoff schedule, but until it's right in front of me and, you know, there's tangible evidence in front of me, I'm not looking that far ahead. We can't project half these defenses and half these teams anyways. So it's a fool's errand. What about predicting Zach Charbonnet? Where do you predict he will finish from our friend Biotos 18 in the crowd? The XFL? <laughs> I, okay. You want a hot take? 
Tank Bigsby is a bigger threat to Travis Etienne than Jack, Zach Charbonnet is to Ken Walker. I think on any other network, that would be a hot take. Oh, I but forgot where I was. Player profiler. Yeah. It is. There's a lot of people yeah. here that believe that. I am not opposed to that idea at all. Tank Bigsby. It, not, I guess Zach Charbonnet is a threat in the receiving game, but I also believe that DJ Dallas is going to annoy people and see too many snaps to start the year because that's just who Pete Carroll is. A- am Bigsby, I wrong? Well, I for me it's big. I think Walker's by far the best in uh, in Seattle, but for me it's Bigsby is a better short yard goal line tough yard back than etn i think they're going to take some of those tough touches on him he's going to be used more as a passing back and you know the the fancy touches the high quality goal line touches i think are going to go to bigsby he may turn into all those people who drafted deandre swift last year every week cursing jamal williams welcome to that situation again this year Ooh, now the phrasing of that is a hotter take it's not a hot take because i do like it well actually you're allowed to like hot takes, but anyways, it's a good take is what I'm trying to say. I can actually see that happening. Travis Etienne, he's an all, he has an all purpose skill set, but he wasn't drafted for that by Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer drafted him because he didn't get Kadarius Tony, which was wild to begin with. <laughs> That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. And then Doug Peterson to start the year was a committee with James Robinson. And then to end the year, it was still Jamichael Hasty. Some games was out targeting Travis Etienne. It, I won't be surprised to see this being a little bit of a committee. Are there any committees or teams that will be ruined by a committee when Dalvin cook signs with them? Oh, good Lord. That's like watching 32 NFL running backs wander through a minefield. (laughs) You just know someone's going to get hit. You're just waiting and praying. It's not your guy. There's more teams. There's more running backs that are going to be completely flatlined by Dalvin cook signing. You know, I love all the people buying in right now on Devon A chain and you know, Wilson and Mostert fall a little bit, but cook lands there. This is just going to be brutal. I think he's more likely to land in Denver, which will kill the Samaj P Ryan hype. Uh, I just don't think Javante is going to be ready. Just this is, but okay. Um, if you're doing redraft aside from Scott fishbowl, you shouldn't be drafting this time of year. Anyways, if you're in the dynasty league, this is why you don't acquire veteran running backs in the middle of the off season. Too much can go wrong. There, forget Dalvin cook, Leonard Fournette, Zeke, uh, Kareem hunt. There's landmines all over and they may not be studs anymore, but they're going to Jamal Williams their way into screwing your running back over. So a running backs right now, especially Ezekiel Elliott. He is just a one for one Jamal Williams replacement wherever he goes. I am at this point actually hoping he goes to the Los Angeles Chargers because Eckler wants a reduced workload anyways. And Zeke, we've seen him not hurt Tony Pollard that much, which would mean he'd hurt Austin Eckler even less. So that is where I'm hoping. But anyone else, Leonard Fournette is going to ruin someone's life. Dalvin Cook is going to ruin a lot of fantasy gamers' life, especially if he lands with the Miami Dolphins. Billy says if Dalvin Cook lands with the Dolphins – you can't take any of their other running backs inside the top 50 RBs, right? You can't take any of them. I, I, you can't take Dalvin cook either. No, I, no, I, I'm not, I not inside the top cook. 50 RBs. Oh, but it, not even RB 47. So for Dalvin cook? If they take him, what are they doing though? Why do they have, they just brought back two veteran running backs. Then they use high draft capital on one. 
does this really profile like a team that's going to then sign Dalvin Cook and just give him the whole, like the heavy workload? I guess, okay, theoretically, he'd have to be a top 50. I just don't see how it makes any sense. Why you just bring in running back, running back, you're just going to go 25% share for all of them? I, I don't understand it. There's the correct answer is that, yeah, he's going to finish inside the top 50, but he's also going to be probably way overdrafted, especially because it's been the Miami Dolphins hype for months now. If he goes to the Broncos, it'll still probably get steamed up a little bit too high. But if he goes to the Dolphins, it is just the eight. He's probably going to well, shoot up to like a, a round three IDP. He, he'll fit with the Dolphins, though. His shoulder will be separated by week three and he'll be on the <laughs> IR with the rest of them. So it's a perfect fit, you know play style wise it just doesn't make any sense for split <laughs> the hairy snowman is loving it as am i just spitting pure facts if dalvin cook finishes, it he'll be top 36 if he goes to miami that's fair but that's still an rb3 and people aren't going to be drafting him as an rb3 i'm i'm putting that out there now he's going to be way overdrafted when he signs somewhere what about DeAndre Hopkins, though? Is he going to be way overdrafted when he signs wherever he signs? And where's that going to be? He's being way overdrafted now, just on the hopes that he lands somewhere decent. He, I have more hope for DeAndre Hopkins. I think there's still something left, at least one good season. It's going to be landing spot dependent. He really has to, I'm trying to draw a blank here on uh, where he could go, but he's got to go somewhere where there's no alpha, really, you know, a team that's completely lacking. And he, I would rather have DeAndre Hopkins on a new team. Like right now, I'd be drafting DeAndre Hopkins over Cook, not knowing where either of them goes. Uh, got any good landing spots for him? I'm, I'm having a hard time thinking one. I am hoping for the New England Patriots. Oh, Tennessee, you shut your mouth. I like yeah. Traylon Burks. You shut your mouth, Snowman. I do not want him in Tennessee because that hurts Traylon Burks and that hurts Chig Oconquo. Uh -huh. I would be fine with him in Kansas City. I just yes. don't think they're going to spend the money to do it. I would prefer he go to the Buffalo Bills. That is the team that needs him the most. The chat agrees. But that is also the team that has made it very clear. Yeah, we're not paying Dalvin or not paying DeAndre Hopkins what he wants, even though our team needs him more than any other team. So with that the case, the fact that it's down to the Titans, the Patriots, and then we've heard whispers of the Browns, which I also Ugh. don't want because then that hurts Cooper and Ugh. and then the Panthers, which I don't want because that hurts Hopkins, and then uh, Panthers you know, were as I was as you were talking, I was thinking Panthers. For a fantasy, from his fantasy standpoint, that's where I'd like him to go. Oh, that Patriots one—that's that's gross. Ooh. I think because well, Juju Ooh. isn't practicing yet, I think he would become a target hog, and all the other guys are just guys. They need him pretty desperately. But they just signed Parker. Can they still? Can they afford to bring someone else in? They're hoping to. I I don't understand how. But also, we're now hearing that that thirty-three million is kind of funny money it's a bunch of incentives for playtime right. and his salary cap doesn't exist <laughs> yeah he's not going to reach those incentives because he's going to be the wide receiver four behind Tyquan thornton and kendrick Bourne as well so i don't know it was still a silly move but belichick's gonna belichick am i right could he go back to houston they he could really have anyone he i think he would get along with their new head coach D'Amico ryan do they play together i don't think they did i think that was a little bit earlier but they probably sure. met each other still through veteran stuff. I don't know. Regardless, Houston would be a good fit because they need an alpha too. They need everything. They need. They do need everything. Back to the Patriots for one second. Are the Patriots done? Is Bill Belichick ever going to win another Super Bowl? Oh, it was really, 
you know, everyone was saying, was it Brady or Belichick? And I always thought it was a mix of 50-50, but it's really starting to look like it was a lot more Brady than it was Belichick because uh, the Mac Jones experiment is not working. I thought Mac had some potential, but they apparently have just decided they're going to try and run the ball every single play and pass three times per game. I, yeah, it might be time for Bill to hang him up with his 19 Super Bowl rings. I I don't know. This team doesn't look like a contender to me. And unless he wants to suffer through a rebuild, which I can't see him wanting to do. I mean, like you can tell he doesn't want to. They've what three, four years in a row. They've thrown just money at ridiculous receivers and tight ends. It's not working. They can't buy their way back to uh, relevancy. And this is going to take a rebuild, I think. I think it will. And Belichick will absolutely refuse to undergo a rebuild, especially because he's so close to getting the most wins of a coach all time which is also why I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon. So I think how the close Pac- is he? What's that? How close is he? I think I he's didn't know two, that. two or three seasons away from oh, okay. being the all-time winningest coach in NFL history. Even like average seasons, I think. Yeah, yeah. that he's, might be eight seasons with this team. But he's going to, he's just going to hang along until he's forced out and it's going to be rough. It's going to be painful. I don't think he's going to another Super Bowl. You mentioned the Lions are going to a Super Bowl. Are they winning the NFC North to get there? Are they doing it as a wild card team? No, they've got to win the NFC North. I don't have any faith in any other team. Green Bay is going to be a dumpster fire. I think the Bears are pretty overrated for a team that, you know, I get the hype around fields, but they're not really that good. The Vikings were the most overrated, luckiest team I've ever seen last year. Um, The Eagles are still going to be tough. I don't know if they can beat the Eagles. I just I, I think this was me trying to will them to a Super Bowl. The Niners, I would say the same thing, but I have no faith in Purdy. I don't think he's very good. And I wrote an article not that long ago for Player Profiler. I think that uh, Trey Lance starts Week One. I think I don't think there's any way based on this injury. I don't think there's any way Purdy's ready. And I think Darnold was just a depth signing. So I think this is a Detroit Philly. And then on the other side we have. Cincinnati and let's call it Buffalo. Since he beats Buffalo and then the Lions Eagles winner of that game until who wins the Super Bowl then Aaron? <laughs> Can I say the Lions with a straight face? Probably the Bengals. Ah, <laughs> uh, you got my hopes up. I thought we were going to go off on a Lions Super Bowl win. <laughs> I wanted to, but I'm in between shifts and I'm not allowed to drink at work. So I couldn't, I needed a few shots before I had the courage to say lions. I mean, come on. I just said the lions were going to beat the Eagles and go to the Super Bowl. So clearly I've been doing some drinking today, but not enough to say they can beat the Bengals. Well, you've been drinking the Kool-Aid at the very least that Honolulu blue Kool-Aid at over in Detroit. I like blue Kool-Aid. It's, it's, it's probably the best Kool-Aid, isn't it? It is. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Any players that we didn't mention that you want to talk about? Any upcoming articles you want to plug? What else do what else do you have going on? Um, just some ADP thoughts. I've been doing a lot of my my uh, current series there of uh, the the studs and duds, and I've noticed there seems to be a wonderful range of uh, wide receivers in the sixties and seventies range where we've got. Some of the younger guys like Burks, London, Dotson, just wonderful upside guys. And then we have a trio that I own like in 95% of my leagues. Guys I'm not high on up until this year. I've never been high on Lockett, Deontay, or Brandon Ayuk. I have them everywhere. They are falling way below where I would expect. And then you have 
So Brandon Ayuk, who outscored Debo last year, is going as uh, 73 overall. Debo is going as 37 overall. I feel like we've got this backwards, and I don't understand it. So yeah, but, just... but but Debo Debo said he'll he'll never have another year like that. Does that yeah. not mean it? <laughs> yeah. The Can't second he that, that big face. fat check, he was he was done. He, he said, "Oh, no more. Don't don't give me any more carries. I don't care. I got paid. That's it." So. I, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. Yeah. No, I. There's a good to fair chance that Brandon Ayuk surpasses him as the wide receiver one, even with both fully healthy. And at the very least, well, this is also a conversation we talked about on the with the GOAT district guys last week, is the fact that the 49ers quarterbacks are pretty much going undrafted. If people believe in George Kittle, obviously, and the fantasy community believes too much in Debo Samuel and probably a little bit not enough in Brandon Ayuk, but there should still be a quarterback scoring fantasy points. So who, if you can figure that out, and if you're right that it's Trey Lance, that could be a league-winning move. If I'm wrong, it's Furry. That's the lovely part. Purdy's being drafted for the most part. Not high, but Lance is free. I don't want anything to do with Darnold. Even if he wins the job, I'm not starting him. No thank you. Lance, if he happens, they have too much invested. If they cut bait, and, and get rid of Trey Lance to start mystery relevant after committing all that draft capital, John Lynch looks like a moron. He can't take that L. It's not happening. He has to start week one. They will look for any excuse to start him week one, and I, I think that's what happens. I really, really hope that we just get some glorious Trey Lance preseason highlight to just – Make all of these fears, all of these worries, all of these conversations go away. But that will be at a later date. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on the show. You, everyone, you can find Aaron at the F, at FF Mad Scientist on Twitter. Anywhere else we can find you? Uh, check out my articles articles on Player Profiler or on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. You can find me at the Mad Science Lab Podcast uh, seven days a week pretty much. And we will make sure we tune in. I already tune into that. Everyone out there better be tuning in as well. Aaron, we will talk to you soon. Don't go away. We will be right back after a word from the Podfather with JD from the Goat District, our final guest of the night. Aaron, once again, thank you so much. Podfather, take Thanks it away. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet and then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and 
what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, <laughs> it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Playerprofiler.com slash draftkit. Go get it. Let's take a moment to talk about Underdog Fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from Player Profiler already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on Player Profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an Underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pickums. It's important to correlate those NFL pickums. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can 5x your payout. Bada bing, bada boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is Underworld. For an instant deposit match up to $100, Underdog is the truest friend of the Underworld. We love our friends over at Underdog. We love all of you tuning in to our 4th of July celebration here on Player Profiler today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be joined in just a moment by the one, the only JD from Goat District. But I just wanted to take the time personally to thank each and every one of you for tuning in. The show is all much, always so much better when you guys are here live alongside myself and whoever else we get on. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. If you haven't already signed in for the all in package. And when you do, you can use promo code Jack when you sign up for a free $10 off. It's truly the greatest, greatest package that you can get. Love everything that we are doing here at playerprofiler.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will be right back after one final word from the pot fog. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free, and one of our key missions is to make as much statistics and information and deep analysis available on playerprofiler.com for free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business so please subscribe to the all-in package to continue to make all this possible if you can't do all in that's okay we have a draft kit we can just subscribe to the player rankings those now include tight end premium ffpc ranks our brand new data analysis package will blow your hair back and of course there's our dynasty deluxe and our dfs dominator Take a moment, check out our premium services to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show. Welcome back to the show. I am joined by JD from the GOAT District, our final and perhaps our most prominent analyst from the Canadian world up here. JD, how's it going? 
Jack, man, Jack, am I, am I okay? My volume okay? You are absolutely perfect, my all friend. All right. Ha happy 4th of July, buddy. Happy 4th of July to all our, our friends south of the border. When you guys watch this tomorrow when you're all hungover and, you know, tired, calling into sick, calling sick into work, uh, you guys can uh, can check this out. But uh, no, man, hey, I, I love what you're doing tonight. I love uh, the little crew that you got together, a little Canadian crew you got. And I think it's a fantastic idea. And I appreciate you having me, man. Oh, thank you so much for joining. I wish I could take full credit, but of course, like many things at Player Profiler, it is the brainchild of one Theo Greminger who nice. came up with the idea. He suggested it. I was all aboard. And then he texted me. He's like, hey, what are you doing for Canada Day? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, like on actual Canada, thinking it's actual Canada Day. Like, hey, you know, I usually spend time with my family that day. No, no, no. I mean, Canada Day as in the 4th of July because the all Canadian <laughs> show. So, nice. Thank you so much for joining me. I assume you did not get the day off work to go out and watch Joey Chestnut perform. I did not. I did not. This was, this is one I'm, I'm not like, you know, obviously you see it on the, the highlights on the sports center and all that every year, but I'm not super familiar with this one. I understand there was a delay or something. There was, there was a rain lightning delay of some sort oh, wow. because of that. He was missed the over under by about nine hot dogs or something like that. So, you know, next year, if it's on time, you got to hammer the over, whatever that is. Interesting. See, I didn't know weather played a factor in, in the hot dog game. I mean, I, I now I feel like I totally butchered my answer for this one, but sorry, man. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into it. Might bring some value. So who is the Joey Chestnut of the NFL or of fantasy football? I've heard all sorts of answers to this question <laughs> all day. All right. Well, I don't think you've heard this one, but um so I, I i didn't know if you meant like of all time or right now so of all time and i my answer is just based on i'm thinking when i'm thinking hot dog contest i'm thinking speed and i'm thinking volume right so of all time i went chris johnson with those, with those 200 uh 2000 year uh season and the back-to-back -back, uh, i believe it was back-to-back -back rushing titles that he that he took home and he won some leagues i mean he's he's he, he won some titles those two years and I think today's version of that, you go to the same offense, you've got size and speed and Derrick Henry and, you know, not everybody's on board this year, but we'll see. He might still have that same effect and be a top end running back. That'll just smash you some victories this year in 2023. I absolutely love Chris Johnson. I am on record saying Chris Johnson, CJ 2K over Derrick Henry. I got a lot of hate for that take, but it was, it was just that era. CJ 2K was my style of running back before this style, this slasher really came to be more common in the NFL. Love both of those answers, though. And I still like Derrick Henry this year. I was out on him last year because of the foot. I was proven to be an idiot. And so I, I'm going back to the well. I don't think he is quite done yet. Looking at some other offenses around the league, though, who do you think is going to be the most fireworks on offense? Who's going to put up the most points and therefore give us the most fantasy points as an entire offense? So being, you know, in Canada and being uh, a, a red, white and blue day, I got to go to Buffalo, man. I, I just get, I get these feelings in fantasy land where wherever the wind is blowing, I like to kind of look the other way. And I feel like the, the people are a bit down on the bills right now. They're a bit down on Josh Allen. You've got that whole dig story, the drama, who knows what's what with regards to that. I think when it's all said and, said and done. Diggs is back there with Allen as a, as a top end receiver, you know, how linked the correlation between your career arc and your quarterback, who's chucking you the ball, just ask a guy like Devonte Adams or, you know, any of these guys that have played with the Mannings and the Brady's 
So you're looking at an offense that was number two in point per game in 2021. They were number three last year. And it was mostly because of their road games. Like at home, they were actually ahead of, uh, I believe it was Philly and KC, of course, were ahead of them. But points per game at home, or at home, they were ahead of those two offenses. So they got to work on their, their road game. You look at the road schedule this year, it's not that much difference, it, different than what it was last year. You still have those divisional tough games. Um, I believe they're in Chicago, uh, you know, some, some, some decently tough defenses, but I think Buffalo smashes 2023. And I think, and I keep saying it on our channel uh, and I'll talk about some guys later on in, in this segment. I think this offense switches it up a bit and they, they tweak, you know, the way they're using Allen and maybe some of those short passes or a little more of a passing game happens uh in this offense and you know you've got Kincaid there he can change the dynamic for sure I don't know how relevant he'll be in the first half of the season or even in the first season but I think there's other guys there that can step up to bring this offense to the next level I really like the Buffalo Bills I was doing some research earlier for a tweet from the Road to Wonderworld account you remember when Josh Allen partially tore the UCL in his elbow when he suffered <clears throat> a similar injury to what Brock Purdy had just barely not severe enough to require surgery. When was that? As against the Jets. And after that, he dropped from 28 fantasy points per game to 21. Fantasy See, I, I totally forgot about that's huge. Like that's such a big difference, right? Quarterback. And he's going to be back healthy. He's going to be closer to that 28 fantasy points per game than the 21. I think Josh Allen is going to have a big rebound. I think he's going to be in that MVP conversation. You're not worried about the Madden curse though. No, no, I'm not a video game guy. So, I mean, I played Madden like anyone else back in the day, but I don't believe in that stuff. I don't know. Good, good. I'm, I'm not big on it either, but you know, we got to talk about it because that's what we have to do as good sports journalists. We got to talk about what for the sure, people for sure. I mean, did, didn't, uh, didn't Mahomes break that, that curse? I, he, I feel like did. he did. No? I think Larry Fitzgerald kind of broke it at one point, yeah. And I think Drew Brees might've broken it a little bit too, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's just something just funny to point at. Oh, well, he was on Madden. He must have been bad. So. For sure. For sure. It's like their scores, right? Their power scores on Madden. You, know, like that. Yeah. <laughs> you have to sim the season every year on Madden to know who's going to win the NFL. <laughs> but looking at some of these other things that people actually want to hear about, who is the player or players that are going to be fireworks and absolutely blow up this year? So I, I kind of... I've got two answers for this. So first one, I'm looking at rookies because I feel like you, you know, it's fun to pick a, a, a breakout rookie. They're obvious ones. I tried not to go too obvious, uh, one of the top two picks, but it's hard for me to go past Jordan Addison. I mean, I love progression of offenses and I love situations where either a quarterback or a, a significant player in an offense is in his second year in that situation or third year where, where he can build off of what they did last year. And you've got a second year in this offense in Minnesota for cousins. You've got Thielen taking a hundred targets away. You've got Dalvin cook leaving town. So they're going to need someone else other than Hawk and JJ. I love me some JJ. He's still my wide receiver one this year, but give me Jordan Addison to be the breakout rookie, just smash volume targets in this offense. And he's got the talent to support the FF uh, the, the fantasy points. Then I go back to Buffalo. These are two guys that I've been talking about the last couple of weeks uh, on the goat district. I love these under the radar guys that people aren't talking about. Gabe Davis is one of them. He's a guy that I'm not hearing too much out there in the fantasy streets. He's probably cheap enough. I believe I saw him go for a third in one of my super flex 
super flex tight end premium. What a change from last I, year. I had such FOMO when I saw that. And that's a, a league, the money league that Dan and I finished second, I believe, last year. And we have Allen. And I reach out to Dan. I'm like, dude, how do we not go get, you know, uh, Gabe for that third? And the other guy in that offense, I think that is going to blow up this year is James Cook. He, I, I'm doing best balls. Been doing them since January. Uh, redrafts. You know, you've got the the fantasy guys or the fantasy pros on uh, FFPC. You got a lot of big tournaments going on right now. And James Cook is just he's your late round, you know, smash uh, where he's going right now in in those drafts. So. I, I like what he has to offer in that offense. You have Singletary who, who just, he commanded to be on the field just because of his protection, his, his, his uh, seniority, you know, his, his, his experience. But I think James Cook this year takes over at the, in the backfield and you've got the passing game to, to boost, uh, to boost with it. So those are kind of my three firework guys. Well, Devin Singletary was never, he was good enough to not lose veteran deference, which is a thing, but Damian Harris doesn't have that because he's never played in this offense before. And he might not even make the team. There's whispers that Damian Harris could end up getting cut for Latavius Murray. It's unlikely, but it's possible. Both of them are extremely cheap. I don't think Damian Harris is even making $2 million this year. And, and whenever a team goes out and gets, see, I, people keep pointing to Harris. I love that they went to get Harris because yeah, they went to get a guy in their division that they see more often than any other team. Right. And he's, he's clearly had an effect on them in games in the running game. So yeah, he fits in perfectly in this offense, but he's not going to be a center piece of this offense. They drafted James cook. They like what he has to offer. He brings something totally different to this offense. Maybe you've got Harris taking a bit at the goal line or something like that. Uh, you know, the early downs, but I think this is James cook's offense and he'll get enough volume to, to be significant. And like I said, where he's going right now, he should surpass ADP big time. In my opinion. And the fact that he, Damian Harris is making less than Samaje Pirine is pretty revealing. And I also like your other breakout candidate as well. Both fantastic options. Not so fantastic is the fact that we are now sitting here on July 4th and we still have no word on DeAndre Hopkins, no word on Dalvin Cook. I was kind of hoping that maybe there would be some news breakout over the weekend, but of course not. Is there anything that's going to change with this situation? Are we going to have an, a resolution soon or are we still just trying to figure it out? And how are you playing both these guys in drafts with the uncertainty? Yeah. So it's funny. I was just grabbing one of my draft boards here. There's a super flex FFPC best ball right now tournament. I think it's a few K first place. Well, I'll pull it up after um, too many tournaments right now going, but Hopkins is going in the sixth round. So if he's like, you know, if, if you, let's say this is super flex. So maybe you take off a couple of rounds in a one QB, but even you look at super flex, you can grab a couple quarterbacks, even your, your three, you can grab, he could be like your wide receiver two, and you could still have a stud running back. You know, you could throw in a tight end in there. Like he's a, he's a, he's going around guys like Judy Cooper, London who have upside right now, but Hopkins is most likely going to go in an offense that they need this man to take targets, he's going to go to a contending team that has a chance. I don't think he's going to go to a dead end place to just to help young receivers, unless the money's really good with Dalvin. I, there's something different in play there. I mean, you're seeing again that they're both going to, to new England, the running back position just in general. I mean, there, there's a bunch of them, right? You've got Fournette, you've got Zeke, you've got a lot of significant guys are running back. You've got Jacobs whispers that maybe he's going to hold out or, or not be there, uh, you know, when the season starts. So are these running backs putting their foot down and saying, you know what, we, 
we command, we demand more money. We, we demand better contracts. We demand to be more significant. Um, so maybe there's a bigger discussion there. Having said all that, Dalvin Cook in the, where was it that he, I last saw him? He's going in like the seventh round. I mean, again, late round, you got to think he's where he's going. He's going to command enough volume to be significant. So I think they're going at about the right point. What you have to, as a drafter or as a, as a fantasy player, you have to decide when the news breaks, is that value going to go up or down? And that's how you play the, you know, whether again, whether it's dynasty redraft or best ball. And I think for both these guys, it's going to go up no matter where they go. Cause it's going to be at least at the very least, especially right away. Clarity. Yeah. Especially right away. The hype, right? And and then if Dalvin Cook goes to Miami, which people have been championing for forever now, I think that's going to get even higher than it already was, which is ridiculous, yeah. just because people want pieces of this Miami offense. And right now you can't confidently do that, but people will be able to just say, oh, Dalvin Cook, he's a thing. And he'll end up going in the third, fourth round if he goes yeah. to Miami, I think. Well, he'll definitely push A-Chain down, right? A lot of yeah. hype for A-Chain, especially in the high-stakes streets. He's a guy a lot of people. But right now you could see, even in, again in drafts that I'm in, you see A-Chain starting to fall where people are worried that he does end up. Usually where the smoke is, we all know, right? That's usually where these guys end up. Rodgers, I was drafting Rodgers, Garrett Wilson stacks like in February. You know what I mean? Like as soon as you started hearing that the rumors, you you – Again, you pick a side and you play on it. I think that's the best way because otherwise you're left holding the bag and you got to pay big, you know, top dollar for these guys. If a guy has a seventh round Dalvin Cook and you're drafting him in the third, that's a huge disadvantage to that roster. Yeah, and that and that is one of the big things. I'm that I'll obviously you as the excellent drafters that you guys are are big on that because news breaking and adjustments to ADP are completely ruining I there every year there'll be a situation where a running back gets hurt and now all of a sudden their backup just shoots way up oh yeah and then you can't draft them at that point anymore because as in tournaments at the very least because yes if yes. you're in a tournament you with fifth round alexander madison wherever he's going now versus ninth round alexander madison you can't beat that guy because they were in the fifth round. They were getting someone so much better than the guy you got and your whatever ninth round replacement. It doesn't move the needle enough. Exactly. It's like JK Dobbins. He's going like eighth round early, early this off season, you know, and he's slowly crept up as Lamar news comes in all these Ravens, their values go up. So, so you lose kind of, kind of the value you could have got at the point. So that's why you want to try to stay ahead of it. Once you you kind of pick a side on which way you think it's going to go. But look, these two guys, no matter what, they're going to be significant for fantasy no matter where they land. I just wonder if the running back position is one we wait on a bit longer than, you know, Hopkins. And there are a lot of, like you said, a lot of running backs that are available real, real late. Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott, they can do some damage. And on the inverse, if he doesn't go to Miami, then Jeff Wilson's going entirely too late. Yes, yes, he's, he's totally going to. It's funny, I just grabbed him in a draft. I, I totally agree. He, he is going too late. Because A, I always, like, you know, as much as you like these rookies like Gibbs and A-Chain, they need time. You know, JT, his first season, needed time. A lot of these guys walking in, especially the first four or five weeks, most likely not going to be depending on them. So same thing with the NFL team. You know, they're not going to be depending on these guys week one. They're going to depend on the guys. They, they know what, you know, what they can expect. They're more uh, predictable. And that's a guy like Jeff Wilson. That's super cheap right now. 
And sticking in Miami, because my favorite Canadian NFL player is Javon Holland of the Miami Dolphins. I did have to make sure I asked you this, even though it is Independence Day, since we've got so many great Canadian analysts. We got to talk about Canada just a little bit. All right. See, I, again, being the old guy, I'm looking like historically here. That's fine. I went went back as a Colts fan, Austin Colley, back in the day. Yeah, man. This guy was like the Canadian Wes Welker of the Colts back when Manning was there. The problem was concussions. Concussions yeah. just cut his season, his career short. He had 118 rece- receptions and 15 touchdowns in 25 regular season games. So the guy was legit, um, definitely relevant in fantasy. I, I know I picked him up off waivers in a league, and you know he, he's one of those guys that that uh, kind of takes you down down the stretch when you don't expect it. So those are nice. But if I'm talking today. I mean, no one's really, you know, you've got the Luke Wilsons. You, you like, I just like tight ends. Like I find they're, you know, like uh, Kittle is one of my favorite characters in the NFL. But if I'm looking at players right now that could maybe become a guy that I, I'm a bigger fan of, that's that's Mechie out in Houston coming off of, uh, I believe it was leukemia that he had. Um, and just the whole story is, I mean, who who doesn't want to cheer for that guy? So I figure, you know what, I'll bring him up in this spot because Chase Claypool is just a constant disappointment <laughs> everywhere he goes, man. It's like, I thought finally we've got something here. And when you hear the same story in a different franchise for me, that's a big problem. I love that you brought up Chase Claypool because I was correct. I said this to start the show. No one was going to pick Chase Claypool as their favorite Canadian <laughs> player. No one did. And it's so obvious that the Bears have given up because we saw those pictures. Oh, he's doing a fashion show in Paris. And then it comes out. He's actually in Europe running a football camp that the Chicago Bears have sanctioned. But the Bears didn't do any PR on that. Yeah, so yeah. clearly they're not thrilled about advertising Chase Claypool. He is on his way out with the Chicago Bears. He's not going to get extended. Does that mean Darnell Mooney could be a thing this year? I think he's definitely about, I think he's, he's a huge value. If you think this offense takes a step forward, he's, he's out of sight, out of mind, right? He was injured last year. He, 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 he shined enough as, as a, as a rookie, unexpected rookie and then injured. So he's, he's definitely a value. I'm trying to spot as I'm yapping here where he's going, but he's going actually 14th round Jack. I mean, that's, you know, he's going around guys like Rasheed Rice guys. We haven't even seen, I mean, Thielen, if you're compete now in Dynasty or you're, you're looking for kind of those late targets, definitely a guy that uh, should be getting targeted often in, in the offense, but doesn't have the same op- upside as a guy like Mooney. No, definitely not. He was he, he was obviously the wide receiver one and he was miscast, but he had some games at that point. Now that he can be the beta, he can just stretch the field more. It almost might help him with the efficiency so more touchdowns, better offense. Cause Justin Fields has to for, throw for 3000 yards, right? He has to. Yes. Yeah. They can't, they can't, he can't be scrambling every game. Like, I mean, it was great. It was great for guys who had him in fantasy. Cause every game he's like, he's, you know, if you had one other guy pop, you pretty much won your league, but he's yeah, he's, he's definitely, and look, they brought in the weapons. They brought in DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore will, will definitely take over that alpha role. And I think he's perfect for it in that offense. I like what they did at running back. They've got some nice pieces there. So we'll see. We'll see. I think he takes a step forward this year, but uh, they definitely set him up right. I think uh, in that offense to succeed. Is Roshan Johnson, your guy in that backfield? Cause he's mine. I, I the, see, I'm like, I've got two girlfriends in this uh, back because I'm a Khalil Herbert guy. I love Khalil, the real deal Herbert, just because it's so fun to say. But <laughs> and, and, and I mean, dude balled out when he when he started, I believe it was a top five RB. He gave you uh, maybe even even higher when, when he was a starter. But 
look, they brought in, I always say people uh, get a little too, uh, I think worried you look at like Charbonnet going to Seattle, like those type of things, they just take the new guy and kind of shove them, you know, at the front of the, the depth chart, but that's not how it works, man. Running back, you need to have a deep backfield. So a lot of these guys are coming for depth. I do think, um, uh, Oh, wow. Roshan will have a role in this offense, but I'm more looking for him in 2024 than I am in 2023. I think he's a, Oct- late October, Halloween, November. I think that's when Roshan Johnson's going to take the role as the lead back in that offense. Oh, but wow, look like, at you. I, I don't mind that. Yeah. But it, it, like you said, it's going to take time. It's not going to be immediate, but I like the progression of that. But also, I do like Khalil Herbert. Before they drafted Roshan Johnson, yeah. I was all in on Khalil Herbert. I'm not worried about Dante Foreman in the slightest. No. He can't pass block. He's a worse runner than Khalil Herbert. He's not a threat at anything. Okay. Yeah, for, for, Foreman's like the smash here in case of emergency running back, you know, like he's going to go, he's going to give you those weeks at the end of the season when the team has no one else to turn to. But yeah, I think, I think you're right. Roshan's probably number two right off the bat. Yeah. Or he deserves two. to, he deserves to be on an NFL roster, just not high up on the death chart. Yeah, yeah. Before we get you out of here, we do have to end the show where independence day began, which is of course in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia. And, of course, the Philadelphia Eagles went to the Super Bowl this year. Are they returning to the Super Bowl? And if not, who in the NFC is going to replace them? Yeah, it, it's really tough for an NFL team that lost in the Super Bowl to come back the following year. And it's even tough. I mean, I, I wish I had done the research on this before I came on, but I'd love to see the, the, the record of those teams. I have a feeling it's a losing record. I'm taking, I'm going back to Buffalo. I think the Bills, you know, again, with less people kind of behind them, I think they're the sneaky team uh, that gets it all right this year, get to the Super Bowl. They beat Cincinnati to get there. And I'm going to go on the other side. I'm going to go to the, to the Eagles rivals. I I think Dallas is like a sneaky team right now. I think people are, you you see Dak falling in drafts. You see, you know, Lamb is definitely a favorite, but Lamb could, could be a top three type of guy you know with the volume he's getting and and people don't really like that Brandon Cooks ad I love that ad I think that's a perfect ad it feels a nice spot there but I think the biggest thing for this offense is going to be Pollard taking over the backfield I think that him being more involved is going to just take that offense to the next level and I think those pieces uh with the improvements they've made that defense I think they have a good chance to uh to get through the the NFC it's a top heavy roster but they might have the best roster in the NFC. It's them or it's the Eagles, the 49ers. If you're just saying roster could be in that conversation. I always like the 49ers. So yeah, I don't mind that. It's just, who's going to be the quarterback, you know? Exactly. So I think most complete rosters you can have in that conversation, but the best full roster, it's the Cowboys and the Eagles in the NFC. And then in the AFC, we already talked about, it's the big three, Kansas city and the Bills, or Kansas city and the Bengals. They're getting all the hype. The Bills are still part of that. It's hard to get past. Like, even you want to, even if you really like the Chargers or, you know, the, the Baltimore, like, it's hard to get past those top three. It, it, you would almost need someone to just emerge from the AFC South, like the Jaguars, because they could yeah. get that, fir- that first mm-hmm. seed because of the easy schedule. But again, they got to get past those teams. And I don't know if the Jaguars are on that level yet. It's not a bad point just because of how weak the division is, right? Being a Colts yeah. fan, I know you you could you could sit out in the first week, get a nice little buy if you, you have a really good season. So I, I like the Jacksonville pick. I actually had, you know, considered them for a bit. 
it's just getting winning two games, even if they're both at home, winning two games against those three teams mm-hmm. is gonna be a nightmare. Yeah. But JD, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can the people find you? What are you working on in the background? What is going on in the life of JD and Goat District? So I'm at JD Goat District. Like you said, we're the Goat District. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Goat District. You can find the Goat District YouTube channel. We're dropping content, high stakes, high win rate, fantasy football content. We bring on the best guests, the biggest winners. We do live balling. We do live high stakes drafts. Uh, actually, Dan, the overhyped sleeper, and Bip, uh, Bipcoin are actually going to be drafting tomorrow or Thursday night. Sorry, a fantasy pros uh, or sorry, a 125 buy-in for the best ball tournament, the 200K. Tomorrow night, we are where we are every Wednesday night, right here on the Player Profiler Network, 9 p.m. Eastern. And tomorrow, we bring back the big boss, the Billy Muzio. You guys know, man, one of the best high-stakes players, one of the best analysts in the game, definitely prominent here in the Player Profiler. So he's so good, we bring him back for round two. Last week, we did running backs and quarterbacks. And then this week, we're looking for gold in the ADP uh, with tight ends and receivers. And of course, find us on your favorite podcast platform. That's going to be absolutely can't miss content. Goat District with Billy Muzio, some of the best minds in the industry getting together. Once again, thank you so much for joining me on the show here tonight. Thank you to everyone who lasted through this marathon of a stream. I know you're all used to half hour shows with me. We went for the full hour and a half. Thank you all much, all so much for tuning in and we will see you next time. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.